Welcome to the B&E Podcast with Brandon Colby-Cook and Evan Schulte. Exploring the creative process and finding the balance between artistry and industry. Entirely uncut and unscripted. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to another B and E podcast. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Got to play around a little. So um, we have a first for the show today. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. We we actually have fans now. We actually have people who follow this podcast, people who are interested in it and are interacting with it, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it's fun Um, for us. Yeah, because when we first started doing it, we didn't know if anybody would want to listen to (laughs) (laughs) this. And this is the risk that you run within uh, any sort of expression that you put out into the world. Yeah, and um, I think as artists, you know, so often we are, you know, um, we're in the model of create it and they will come. And it's kind of like create it and hopefully they'll come. Yeah. (laughs) But, um, you know, uh, we didn't, we didn't necessarily do a lot of market research to figure out exactly what everybody wanted. We were more just, let's start a podcast. Let's start talking about artistry and how it relates to industry. And we'll have a discussion and see what happens. And we kind of figured that people might be interested in that. And it turns out they are. Yeah. Here we go. So the topic for us today comes from somebody who yeah. uh, hit us up on the uh, the old Twitter sphere. <laughs> yeah, and she's not just anybody. She is a somebody. Yeah. This is Olivia Chang, um, and on Twitter, it's that Olivia Chang. If you want to follow her, I suggest that. She's awesome. Um, she's actually one of uh, the lead supporting actors on that show Marco Polo, which is on Netflix. Yeah. So if you want to see her in action, she's awesome in that show. And, um, we posted on Twitter, you know, is there anything that anyone would like us to talk about? And, um, you know, uh, she came back with, uh, staying consistent, you know, is that something we could discuss? And so we decided, yeah, we're going to, we're going to have a discussion about staying consistent as an artist. I think that's a, you know, just in life, Mm -hmm. but, um, I think that's a big thing. Something really practical because sometimes we get into like these really, um, philosophical conversations. Yeah. Although that I, it seems to be like where it, it ends up going a lot of the times. Anyhow, it'll probably get philosophical. It probably will. <laughs> it's, it just wouldn't be us if yeah. we didn't. But, um, no, just there's, I like that. There's something practical about this topic of staying consistent. And I suppose there's a lot of different areas that we can dive into with what that means to be consistent, like consistent in terms of, um, the quality of our work consistency in the terms of, um, you know, ha- like staying working. Yeah. Right. Like, and whether we are hired onto something or if we're just in, in between things, what, what we're doing and yeah. Con- consistency can be also like, you know, not just how you're performing, but how you're feeling. Um, it could be in doing your work every day or creating every day, um, staying consistent in just how you show up, you know, in, uh, you know, professional environments, you know, one struggle I had early in my career was I was super inconsistent when I would go to auditions. I would have this one audition, which just would go so great. You know, I'd be super connected and get great feedback. And then another one I would do, and it'd be like, okay. And 
that actually, I think is, um, the hardest thing on an actor. Like Mm -hmm. I think what casting directors really want is they want consistency. They want people to show up consistently and, and they want to kind of have that dependability that if I bring this person in, I know I can at least count on them because I'm going to take a few chances with a few other people. Yeah. But this person I know will show up. So this director, producer, writer, whoever is hired me to, you know, cast wants, you know, they want to at least have someone come, come in. That's good. And I think yeah. for a cast director, the biggest nightmare that would happen is that you bring in all these actors who you really know and believe are good, but they all have an off day and you just look like an idiot because yeah. everybody kind of basically shit the bed in the audition. <laughs> you know? And now it looks like you just brought in all these like terrible options because for the director or producer, for them, they, that might be the first time they'd seen them. Mm-hmm. So they're like, Oh, these are options aren't good at all. You know? And so, um, the director and producer, you know, they don't want to have to run a whole nether, um, session. Hopefully they find a few people in that first session, which they like, and then they can have callbacks with them Yeah, and then they can kind of see, and sometimes they don't even do callbacks. Yeah. But anyway, that's, uh, that's an area. And also I want to hear what you have to say about just acting in general, because you teach Meisner, which yeah. is moment to moment. And I, I think a lot of actors have that struggle. Like, well, if I'm moment to moment, how will I have consistency in the takes and things like that? Yeah. And I mean, this is, I think that that is, um, that is one of the constant things, especially as actors. Um, consistency is, I think, something that there's always this sort of push and pull with. Um, but I, I, in my, initially what I want to say about this, as far as like acting goes as an art form and, and within <clears throat> this t- subject of consistency is that, uh, it has a, a lot to do with how much you're able to let go of control is oddly kind of the way in my experience of being consistent. Hmm. Um, because when you're trying to control, when you have this whole plan in your head with how this is all supposed to go, that's when you start running into all kinds of problems because nothing is ever going to go exactly in a certain way, especially when you're in an audition room. Yeah. Like, especially when you're in an audition room, I mean, there's inconsistencies that will happen when you're on a stage or on a set as well, or there'll be things, variables that will happen there. Um, but the way you sort of deal with it, it's a slightly different way of going about it. But in an audition room, you have, you have kind of no idea what's, what you're going to be walking into. Right. Um, you know, you're, you're not going to get necessarily rehearsal time. You're, you're going in, there's a reader who you don't know who that reader is going to be most likely, you know, and, uh, you don't know what they're going to give you. You know, you don't know, like there's so much that you just don't know about all of it. So you have, when you have this whole idea of, okay, this is what's going to happen. And then I'm going to have this moment here and I'm going to have this, like, once you start doing that, um, that then the more complicated you start to make that the more inconsistent you will become Hmm. because now you're trying to do all of these things and you have this whole plan and something can easily come in and disrupt this plan right that you're going to come in with so the best thing is 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 to 
really get to a place of, of presence and trust. And, and that's something that you, you have to work at, which is part of one of the reasons why I absolutely love Meisner. Cause it's, it's work in that area. Yeah. I just being like, okay, you know what? I've got to be present. I've got to listen and I've just got to respond and adjust to what's actually happening right in front of me, as opposed to trying to put something on to what's happening, mm-hmm. which might be false. So yeah, the thing is, is that the goal is not necessarily, and I think might some people might disagree with me on this and, and say, no, it's the actor's job to consistently just deliver the same thing over and over and over and over again. Um, that's not really what I teach and that's not really how I think that you find any level of artistry in your work based yeah, yeah. on like, because like it's, it's an exploration. It's a never, it's a never finished thing. But the thing is that you usually find that when you begin to let go and trust and, and listen to what's happening, you know, where you're coming from, you know, you kind of launch yourself into the scene. There's only so much that you are actually in control of, but the thing that I think is more important to be consistent with is how truthful you are actually being to what is actually happening as opposed to what you think should be happening. And that was one of the first lessons that, um, Larry Silverberg, my mentor through Meisner shared with everybody. And most actors are involved with what they think should be happening as opposed to what is actually happening. Mm. And if you as an actor can be involved with what is actually happening, nothing more and nothing less was also one of the things he said. (laughs) Um, yeah, to be the truthful, authentic response to what is actually happening as it is happening, nothing more, nothing less then you will attain a consistent level of honesty and truthfulness in your acting, which is the biggest goal ultimately. And that might vary Mm -hmm. from take to take. But the thing is, I would rather, you know, you have some sort of a, a minor inconsistency on a technical level than have an inconsistency on a truthful level mm. on an honest level as an actor. I mean, that's what the whole pursuit is act is really all about. It's like, well, how can you be more truthful in your acting? That's what we're really trying to go for. Right. Right. So I think that that is the goal to reach for. And that is doable as opposed to this other sort of, uh, a very intellectual controlled, you know, I know how I'm going to respond to everything type of approach because I, I don't know. It's just, a, it's a really counter intuitive approach to going through your work. And I understand the desire to, to do it. And I even find myself being pulled in that. And like, that's old habits, yeah. you know, of like wanting to do it because you want to, to be like, yes, I just, you want it to be good. You want to have some sort of feeling that you have control over the quality of how it's going to be. And so you want to try and step in and rein things in where you actually don't have much of a say in it. So, but when you are present, you do have a say in, in a kind of a dynamic way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I'm not pinning this down into anything necessarily can like to say, this is how you consistently do it, but it is sort of how you consistently do it. Like it's, 
Yeah. No, I, I, I throw I hear some that. stuff back at me. <laughs> yeah, I hear that. I, um, I think it's a confusion when people think of consistency and acting as doing the same thing over and over. Um, I think it's more like you come from the same place, um, or you, um, you know, there, you don't necessarily like, you could do the same thing over and over, but it might not look the same every time, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, and I've mentioned this before, but one of my favorite, um, actors of all time is Marlon Brando. Mm-hmm. But one thing, you know, you can find uh, some stuff online and we shared once on one of the podcasts, uh, but he'll do things and he'll do the same take, but he'll, it'll be different every time. Right. And, and I mean, <clears throat> some people could say, oh, well, he changed the lines or whatever. But the thing is, is that there's a truth. There's like a, a kind of a connectedness that doesn't really change the, the, the same idea is still there and, um, underneath. Right. And so I, I think, um, we're kind of, you're, you're, what you're kind of talking about here is like the artistry of acting and the industry of acting. And I think the industry wants you to, it, you know, it wants you to say, do the same thing you did before so that we can cut that together because mm-hmm. that will make all of our jobs easier. Whereas artistry is saying like, you know, come from, you know, come from a truthful place again, which yeah. maybe this time your truthful place was not the same truthful place that you did in the last take. Yeah. But I think, um, you know, what ends up happening is you end up, your, your performances are not actually that, that much different. You know, um, if you want to call them performances, yeah. but your, your, your take on the scene is not that much different. If it comes from a place of truth, things might be a little bit different. Things might go a different way. But I think if things are going like drastically in a whole new direction, all of a sudden, then the scene probably wasn't really all that well worked out. Yeah. You know? Um, but like certain shows, like when it comes to film, at least they'll block you. Like you'll have to, you know, you'll have to get on this mark and say this line here and then get on that mark and say this line here. And, you know, it's not like theater where you're going from moment to moment to moment. Yeah. But I still think like in that moment, they're only really doing one shot or they're doing one kind of special thing when they're blocking it like that. So just be truthful in that moment and mm-hmm. make sure it's not totally disconnected from the last moment you were yeah. in. Yeah. And my other thing too, like, and because that is, um, a thing, especially in acting and in film continuity. Right. And yeah, there's a level of like, in which you have to, like, you want to be mindful of certain things, but in my experience on, on set with, with continuity and, and also being able to just like explore sort of a scene and what's happening in it, it's not as big a deal as people think that it Mm -hmm. is like, it's this huge, I think it's this huge fear. I know it was for me when I was younger as an actor, I was like, Oh, I, I gotta like, make sure I, I do all the exact same motions and like, like it has to be the same every single time, like every single time it has to be the same. And, um, it's, it's given a lot more thought than I think is, is required. Like, yeah, there are maybe certain, it's like the big things of like blocking a scene that you have to be aware of. Like, did you stand or did you sit at this moment in time? That's kind of an important thing. Like if you got up and you moved across, like that's an important thing that you work out. But I mean, you usually work that out in advance anyhow. So you already, before they even started rolling the camera and then in between there, it's like, Oh, well, you know, you, 
you waved your hand in that last take and in this one you didn't like it's it doesn't what are you gonna do you're gonna like, wave your what are you hand gonna like, do like it doesn't yeah. yeah like it it doesn't it doesn't matter yeah like it's not a big deal and they're usually covering it and like they're gonna use just one of the takes and they've got a couple angles on it they can cut away they can do all sorts of amazing things but the again your your job as an actor is to is to be truthful yeah as truthful as possible and and sometimes that means that something isn't going to happen quite the same way yeah right like and and most of that is aesthetics sometimes there is a deeper level though and that's also the problem that happens when you when you get confined and you get this idea in your head that you have to continue to do it the same way mm-hmm. all the time uh is that now you've actually cut yourself off from a possibility that could be far greater than what you've already found mm-hmm. right like you could I think that oftentimes we treat acting and I'm sure that we can, there are parallels that artists in other fields could, could draw a comparison with here, but we get it in our heads that, um, that it's sort of, that it's an, a scene and like a part that we play as actors is an answer to be like, it's, it's, it's a question to be answered, you know, like it's, like there's a, there's just a way of doing it. And that's how you, that's how you do it. The best are the ones who are constantly like, well, I don't necessarily have an answer. I have what I have right now. Mm-hmm. And, and if you've been acting for any period, like length of time at all, you've probably had experiences of those moments where, you know, maybe you've been doing a scene and it's been kind of unfolding pretty much the same way like over and over and over again, but you had a moment of like, you had an of absolute presence moment to moment and something happens and it changes. It kind of changes everything, even though it's like, it might be kind of a subtle thing, but like you suddenly discover a line for the first time, or you suddenly hear what the other person says to you for the first time or in a way that you've never heard it before. And it affects you in a completely different way. Mm. I mean, you've got to just, you've got to, you've got to honor that. You've got to go with that. That's part of what I think we do as actors as well. So it's when you, you have to have that openness to it as well. So I think consistency as far as acting goes is it's, it's an open, it's an openness to, to possibility. And it's not trying to put anything onto it that isn't actually there. And that's how you stay consistent, you know, and it's, and it won't necessarily be consistent in uh, a technical sense. It might not be consistent in like a, a visual sense, but it will be consistent in the deeper, truthfulness and, and integrity of mm-hmm. your work. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the confusion. I think that people hear consistency in acting or continuity and they think things need to look the same. And I, I think you're right. I think, uh, consistency is consistently coming from a truthful place. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> I think it's hard for us to really comprehend that because, we've been taught, you know, and I'm going to harp on the education system. We've been taught to do the same things over (laughs) and over again, right. And do it right. 
we've even been taught that there is a right, you know, and there's a wrong, you know, and the thing is, is when you come from a place of truth, truth doesn't always look right or wrong. It's, it's, uh, it's a thing of itself. Right. And so, you know, it's a judgment on that. Right. Um, And, and there is, you know, but when you look at how the education system was designed, it was, it was in, it was designed around the industrial revolution. Yeah. You know, is it was, that was what it was there to do. It was there to train people in a basic set of skills to go out, work in industry and work in like, you know, the labor market and perform a task. Right. And yes, there is a right way to, you know, assemble an engine. Yeah. Even though actually, if you met some people who really knew their shit, they would say, um, that you could, there's actually a lot of different ways that you can, you can do it. Actually, I'm going to refer to, um, uh, Zen and the art of motorcycle maintenance, which is a very interesting book. Um, but the guy in it, he wrote instruction manuals for like assembling all kinds of different things. And part of what it was, this section was about and explaining this was that the instructions that oftentimes people receive with whatever this thing is they have to build, it's actually not even the best way to do it. Hmm. It's like, but it is what they feel is like the most understandable way for somebody to do it. But there's actually a more efficient way of doing it. (laughs) So it's like even, so even you can dissect it that far and discover that, well, there's not necessarily a right way to do it. However, there are certain components that need to be put together in a certain order. Right. And so, yeah, like there, there are certain areas where, yeah, there's kind of a right way to do something, but we're talking about art here. We're talking about, (laughs) we're not talking about industry. Yeah. We're not talking about something that machines do. Yeah. You know, like we're, we're people, we're creating, we're creating something that's supposed to be new. Right. Right. We're supposed to be exploring and discovering and expressing that in however it kind of comes through us. And, you know, we're seeing a lot of these jobs like vehicle assembly. You want to do that? Like most of that's done by, by machines now. Yeah. Because, well, it's not really necessary for people to do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not our skill set, Right. Per se. We have, we have bigger skills in, in other areas. If that, I don't know. No, it makes sense. Man. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> totally. I'm thinking about, you know, for actors, like I always think it's good if actors understand, um, directing and like cinematography more so, and they understand mm-hmm. editing because, um, I think, um, you know, I remember my early years as an actor and, and I'm, you know, and I didn't understand so much like, you know, what they're doing with the shots and whatnot and, um, how they're planning on editing that together. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm thinking that I'm even like in the take, I'm not even in the take or whatever, you know, or they're like, Oh no, we don't even see you in this. Like, or you're so blurry. It won't even matter. It's like, really? It's like, and I'm thinking like, man, I need to make sure that I do this thing the same way. Cause if mm-hmm. I don't, it'll mess up their shot. And, um, you know, I think editing too is interesting. Like, like not just like working with some student filmmaker editor, but working with like, or seeing what a real editor, like someone who's well-trained and understands editing theory. Mm -hmm. Um, because when your performance is cut together, 
you know, there's a lot of ways in which, um, things can be like a good director and good cinematographer and good editor all together can, can really like, um, craft, uh, the way they, um, you know, relay a scene or, or, uh, or allow a actor's performance to come across. And so I think like there, it's good to, you know, you don't want to be going off the wall and doing things like that are totally random and, and weird and changing the blocking on everybody and stuff because people might have a plan depending on the type of shoot, but understanding it kind of shows you what kind of freedoms you do have. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think, um, uh, an experienced actor or like a, a mature actor, someone who's, you know, kind of, um, been in there for a bit, they kind of start to get a certain consistency. Like they, they understand certain basics, like knowing to hit their light and knowing to hit their mark and, and whatever. Right. And so there's kind of things you don't even think about. You just kind of know to do yeah. it. Right. But like a newer actor, it's kind of weird because it's like driving a car for the first time. You got all this stuff you got to do. And meanwhile, you're supposed to do this performance. Uh, you're, or whatever you're supposed to do a scene and be connected. Right. Yeah. And, um, and so I think the thing is, is like the sooner that we let go of the technical stuff and the sooner we get focused on the actual work we're supposed to do, which is, you know, connecting to the scene and finding the truth in it and finding that emotional elements to it and wh- whatever, you know, list goes on, the sooner we get into that and we stop worrying about doing it all the same, doing it like, you know, there's other people that should be there doing their job. Yeah. You know, there should be a script supervisor or, you know, someone on continuity making sure that things are aligning. Mm-hmm. There, there, if, if, um, you're working on a really independent film, you know, they might not have people watching that. And so you kind of got to start watching yourself, so to speak, but yeah. like, you can't watch yourself and act. Yeah. It, just, it doesn't work, you know? And, and anyone who thinks they can, they're not, they're, they're, they're not really seeing what they're made of as an actor because like, um, you know, I think like the actor director has an interesting thing because when you're acting, you need to be fully acting. Yeah. And when you're directing, you can direct, but don't do them at the same time. It just does not work. Yeah. And what you really need, I think if you're acting and directing is you need someone you trust for when, for when you're in the acting that they can give you some perspective when you step back out. Yeah. Right? Someone who you trust that will kind of keep your vision intact and keep your shots intact and whatever. But I think this whole thing about, um, um, consistency and continuity as far as acting goes is you're right. I mean, we're not machines and I don't think we should hold ourselves to, to perform like machines unless, you know, unless we just want to be day players. Yeah. I think if we want to actually be like major characters and tell real stories and find real depth, we, you know, you don't get to do that robotically. Yeah. You know, and there's, I mean, there's great stories that have been, like told about, um, I can't remember. I think it was from Larry Moss's book, the intent to live. He talks about a play that I think it was Glenn close. Glenn close was in it. And I can't remember who she was co-starring with, but it was like, uh, it was like this big play and they had done like a year long tour of it and taking it across the States. And at some point, they just completely decided to change, to change how they blocked the whole thing at one point, like with the director and themselves, they're just like, you know what? Like we need, we need to change all of it because they had just gotten caught in, in the motions of like, okay, like we've just done this so many times the same way. And, and it had killed something 
that was kind of that, that was great about it. Mm. And they recognized that and they said, okay, you know what we need to, we need to just do something. And it was, and all it had to do was actually just a technical blocking, you know, Oh, well here we were sitting now, maybe we're standing on opposite ends of the room, whatever. Right. You just start to let things fly a little bit more. Right. Right. Just so that you can engage in that truthful experience, which is what an audience is actually really looking for. So (laughs) yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I get that. Um, so, okay. So we kind of discussed acting a bit here. I also, just for our audience, if you're new to the show or if you haven't heard this one, um, the, the episode, um, beyond perception and ego, which is uh, podcast number 14. If you're interested in acting, I really suggest people listen to that one because that's a really good one. We discussed a lot of really good things in that podcast. And we talked a lot about how the ego gets in the way. And I think that has a lot to do with what we're discussing today Yeah, because the ego wants you to, it puts like unrealistic demands on you and, and it's, and it's false. It's a false idea of who you are and who you think you are and who you think you can be. And I think that, um, we have this perception that, that we, we, we should be something that we're not, you know? And so I think, um, we make it impossible to actually be truly authentic and truly consistent at the same time, because we let these perceptions and this ego get in the way of it all. So anyway, that's a podcast I would, I would recommend and, you know, we'll make a link to that. Um, anyway, uh, okay. So, you know, I was thinking about when, uh, when I was playing sports when I was younger and, um, one of the struggles I had early on in my career as well was consistency. And, um, I realized at a certain point, you know, consistency was partly to do with, um, the way I was thinking about the game and also little things like how I was eating, you know, like making sure I, I ate, you know, like a couple hours before the game and the type of food that I ate, you know, certain food is going to give you kind of a certain kind of energy, whereas mm-hmm. other food is actually going to zap you. And also the time you eat can really affect, you know, and all that stuff. So I think there's, there's, there's factors, physiological factors that come into consistency. And then I think there's also emotional um, and perceptual factors that come into consistency. I think, um, oh, someone's moving a dumpster. <laughs> all sorts of funny nice things. Nice rumble. Yeah. All sorts of funny things going on today. Um, so when it comes to the emotional side, I think consistency is not trying to always make your emotion into something, but to be consistently truthful to what your emotion is. You know what I mean? Like, I think there's a certain amount of like, getting your state to the right place. But at a certain point also, you, you don't just get to control and force and make your emotion something. I mean, we've all been in a situation where, you know, we're upset or something and we're like, I just want to be happy. And whatever you do, it's like, nothing seems to work. And like the one thing that you need to do is just be like, you're not happy and accept that and be like, okay with that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We had a chat about that not too long ago as well. Yeah. And just a little like, few weeks ago or something. We did a big podcast on that. Yeah. On accepting where, Oh yeah. The struggle and the slog. Yeah. The struggle and slog. Yeah. We talked about that. That's another reference to a podcast to listen to. I know you can just listen to all of our podcasts and have the answers for everything. (laughs) Apparently guys. Yeah. We pretty much covered it all. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah. Okay. Well let's talk about this beer. Yeah. So this is a Granville Island brewery and it's a Hefeweizen. Do you remember the name? Heyday. Heyday Hefeweizen. Heyday Hef. 
Yeah, it's pretty tasty from Granville Island. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised we actually haven't had Granville Island on the podcast more. Yeah. They only had four beers um, as options today. Yeah. For, for uh, Growler, but... They're a pretty, a pretty um, big brewer. Mm-hmm. They're um, one of the originals, one of the original craft breweries. Yeah, they're old school. Yeah. 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 Oh, got beautiful. <laughs> got a beautiful place down there on, uh, on Granville Island here in Vancouver. Yeah, they do. And they, and you know, you can get their beer just about anywhere around town. So, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure how far their reach goes, but this is a good, good brew. It's, um, you know, it's nice and dark gold, uh, little, yeah, it's a nice rich half. Yeah. Rich. And, um, but easy drinking like, yeah. Easy. Great. Yeah. Easy. <laughs> easy. Um, like Sunday morning. <laughs> All right. So consistency back to this, thing. back to consistency. So like, I mean, I think there's, you know, there's the emotional, there's the emotional side. I think the, you know, and, and I think this is a struggle for artists all the time is like how you're feeling. And I, the best advice that I know to, that I've learned is, is accept where you're at first and foremost you know, that's the most important thing of all. Don't try to deny it. Don't try to like make it any different than it is before you accept it. The first thing you have to do is, is acknowledge this is where I'm actually at right now. And I think also to take that further is don't make where you're at wrong. Wherever you're at, whatever you're feeling is absolutely okay because every feeling is ultimately human. It's something that you um, have the luxury of getting to experience. Yeah. I mean, can you, you know, I remember I'll share a story, please. <laughs> I remember this one time I had this breakup with this girlfriend and it was, it was rough. It was, I had a roommate and we yelled at each other and, and she said some things that just got me like, just got right under my skin. And, uh, I think, I think we ended up breaking up. I was like, like I just ended it. I'm like, it's over. We're done. <laughs> just <laughs> That's get, out, it. get out. It's over. Yeah. And, and, and she left and I was standing there in the kitchen and I was just fuming. I was so upset. And my roommate at the time looked at me and he said, he's like, he's just like, wow. I'm like, I'm like, what? He's like, he's like, I I've never like, I've, I've never experienced anything like that before. I've never, like, I, I wish I felt like that. I wish I, I had felt like that. And I was like, why do you want to feel like this? I was just like so annoyed. Right. But he's like, like, I've never like cared about somebody so much or, or like had that type of emotional, like I've just never, nothing's ever mattered to me like that. Right. And I thought, I remember thinking afterwards, like, wow, like this, this feeling that I just despised at the moment was something that I've had the experience of feeling that maybe someone else had never had yet. And so like, you know, and, and now like, you know, the moment's passed, the moment's gone. I look back and it's like, it's almost just a, a little memory. But the thing is, is I kind of even can tap back into that moment, but having never experienced it, you just don't know. And so any emotion that you have as a human being, just think of it as like a, a good fortune that you got to experience that, you know, because also emotions pass, they're temporary, you know, feelings mm-hmm. are temporary. And so, you know, when it comes to consistency, I think sometimes we get in a feeling and we're like, Oh, now I'm in this feeling. How am I going to get out of it? Or like, I don't want this feeling or we, we make feelings wrong. 
And consistency yeah, judgment. is... You start judging. Yeah, you judge yeah. it, right? And I think consistency is allowance for all, right? Like, also, like, I would argue that being consistent is not so much about always trying to do things the same and be the same, but it's actually about, like, being open to anything. And consistency is not like a it's not like a right answer on a test. It's not like a multiple choice and you pick that. It's more like an essay. You know, it's in, in artistry, mm-hmm. it's more of an expression. Can I consistently express myself, you know, truthfully and honestly, as opposed to, can I consistently express this feeling or, or, you know, not do this thing? You know, yeah. once we start like, you know, almost like boxing things out and like making them not okay. We, we not only limit our expression, but now we become kind of a victim to them because if we're outside of the box, everything's wrong. And if we're inside the box, everything's right. And now it becomes this whole right or wrong. And like, I don't think artistry really works too well under right and wrong. No. And I mean, especially like within acting when you're, when you're doing something in it and it didn't go the way that you had planned on something going and you still got the rest of the scene to go. Like now that's in your head. You're like, Oh, this got screwed up. Right. I've been there before. And you're just like, now your head is just completely and your ego's going nuts and you miss the rest of what's going on. And to also add on to what you're saying about, about like being like allowing yourself to be where you're at. And I, I've said this one a few times, uh, another Larry friend of mine, who's a great Meister teacher, Larry McDonald. Uh, I remember him saying like, whatever, you, whatever you've got, trust it. You know, it doesn't matter. Like when you, when you step into that scene, when you've, when you're walking into that situation, it doesn't matter how prepared you feel or don't feel you have what you have mm-hmm. and you've got to trust it. And by doubting yourself and by place, placing that on yourself, keeping that in your head, you, you, again, you're, you're stepping away from that sort of consistency because when you don't trust yourself, I think that's when, when you begin to try and push and control and like, and you become less responsive, which is absolute death. Like that, those are all things that you do not want entering into performance. Mm Mm-hmm as an actor, for sure. Like you don't want, like those things are going to make you inconsistent, right? Like if you're having a bad day, you know, and like, you're just like, okay, but if you can say, it's like, all right, I'm not having a great day. I'm not feeling like the most connected, but this is what I have. And this is what I'm coming with. This is my understanding of what's going on. And now I've just got to open up and see what's here. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's, where even on your bad days, you're not, you're still having a pretty good day. Yeah. <laughs> For those, and I mean, we've, I, I feel like we've shown that, um, at least to ourselves just through recording this podcast. I mean, sometimes like we step in here and we're like, I don't know, like what I've got to say about this topic. I don't know. You know, my energy level doesn't feel like super up there. I'm not feeling, you know, the most, the most confident and this and that, you know, you, we have, we have bad days, people <laughs> <laughs> like we're like, yes, we do this. We do this podcast and we talk about these things and, and we, um, try and share some things that we've learned, but we are by no means, uh, you know, 
masters of all of this stuff. We are by no means have conquered, you know, all of our fears and our insecurities. Like we, we deal with them every single day. Well, I, I've, I've actually resolved them all. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well then I'll just speak for myself then, Brandon. I still deal with this. I'm perfect over here. You know, I, I don't, I don't ever make any mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. Every day is a perfect day. Yeah. (laughs) But that's kind of the expectation we put on ourselves. is like, I can never have an off day. I can never like, you know, just like, just things have to always be this way. And it's like, I think it's this, we put these expectations on ourselves that are like unrealistic and, and they're actually not like, they look like they're actually things we aspire to, but they're really just ceilings. Because if you know anything about Meisner acting, the moment you have an expectation on the moment is the moment you put a ceiling on the moment and actually limited what the moment could be. Yeah. I, if there's anything I know about Meisner, it's that, you know? Yeah. And, and the thing is, is expectations, we treat them like they are things we need to reach, like bars we need to get to. We don't realize that they're actually just ceilings that stop us from actually surpassing a moment. Yeah. You know? And so, yeah, I mean, you raise a good point. I mean, you know, unless, sharing. unless you expect that, anything can happen. Yeah. Which is maybe the only expectation that you should put on yourself as an actor. Right. But yeah, it's like when just to, just to kind of finish up on, um, what I was saying is that like, you know, we step into these sometimes and we have, we have days where like, where we come in and, and we're just like, I don't have much energy. And sometimes we have a topic or on our not so serious podcast, like we get into something and, and I've begun to trust more and more. Um, I think trust is actually a big word in this, in this conversation that we're having, but, um, you know, I still have sometimes those thoughts, like just based on my energy level or whatever, right? Like there's all sorts of things that like kind of affect how we feel during the course of the day. And, you know, it's like, Oh, I don't know if I got anything today. I don't know if I'm going to have anything good to say about any of this. If I have any thoughts, if anyone's going to get anything like, you know, those, those days happen. Mm -hmm. And as I've learned through doing this podcast and just through engaging with it, it's just like, Hey, you know what? That's perfectly fine. Like if I'm listening and paying attention to the conversation that we're happening, it, kind of ends up opening the whole thing up. It takes me to wherever it's going to go. And there, I always have some sort of thought on all of it. (laughs) (laughs) And sometimes I didn't even know that I had these thoughts on it. Right. And sometimes I just, I, I discover these, these things as we're going that I couldn't have, I couldn't have premeditated whatsoever. Mm -hmm. So you know, I, I really think that trust is a huge thing in this, in this, um, in this conversation about consistency, Mm -hmm. like, and the more that we can learn to trust ourselves and to trust what we've got and to trust that the moment that we're in will give us everything that we need in order to make this happen. I think that's when we actually hit some level of consistency. Right. Because when I, when I think about even this whole word of consistency, that's almost, it it is almost an an aesthetic, you know, it's like a, it's like a label of something, um, that, and it's funny, this seems to be how our conversations 
oftentimes go. We, we start on, on something that's that are say, okay, yeah, that's, that's great. Cause consistency, don't get me wrong. This has been a fantastic topic. Um, but it's something that is almost a symptom of something that, that is resolved on a deeper level. Oh, and you wow. res- and you're you, right. It's you resolve an it on. A, yeah. It's an effect. So w- you have to resolve these things on a deeper level because otherwise, if you're just trying to treat it on a surface level, it's a bandaid solution. Right. Right. Like that's, that's what yeah, ends Cause up you're not happening. dealing with the cause. You're not dealing with the root cause of all of it. Right? right. Which is like, well, you're not consistent because you don't trust yourself. <laughs> <laughs> like this is boom, boom. I just dropped it. <laughs> <laughs> Good night. Good night. Um, <laughs> Drop the mic. I mean, that's there, really there, it though, isn't it? I mean, that's where consistency, you know, that's where we fail to be able to show up consistently because it's our ego getting in the way and we don't trust ourselves, And it's a, uh, you know, and it's a symptom of all that as opposed to just being like, whatever I bring to the table is going to be what I bring to the table. And that's going to be good enough because that's what I got. And that's who I am. And this is real as opposed to going, no, I better show up to this podcast and I better say something really intelligent. Cause if I don't say anything intelligent, then I'm just going to look like an idiot the whole time. And what if I, what if we do this whole podcast and we talk for all this time and nobody looks like that's all yeah. ego bullshit right? It's interesting that you brought that up because I think that's really it. I'm actually realizing that consistency and our demands on ourselves to be consistent are a product of some cause that we're not looking at. Mm -hmm. And what we're really doing is we're trying to deal with the effects of being inconsistent and band-aid those up. So, so we can kind of get by as though we are consistent. And the thing is that we try to band-aid them up with you know, adding a bunch of unnecessary things on top of it. Right. Like we just like, we're, we're just like looking for that magic solution. That's going to be like, it's like, Oh, okay. Like, uh, I'll start, I'll, I'll really work this technique and I'll, I'll use this method and this thing and whatever it's like. And, and you start throwing more shit into it and you know, maybe it gets you by here and there, but that's not consistency you know, that's like, because then the next time comes around and it doesn't work for you anymore. Right. And so it's still, and it's not the, it's, it's like when someone takes a pill for something. Yeah. It's yeah. just dealing with the effect and trying to control the yeah. effect. And that can be fine for a temporary fix, a temporary fix. It can get you through sometimes, but if you really want to get to it, then you really want to, to sort of remedy the solution is that you've got to take it to a deeper place. And it's, and it's an area that's not quite so cut and dry and necessarily because like really uncomfortable. Yeah. Really uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, but the rewards and the payoffs of, of going through that are, are so much more than you, you could get just by, you know, going and learning another, another technique. Mm Mm-hmm buying a new tool, which, you know, like, it's just like, <laughs> it's like when actors go to all these acting classes and they learn another technique and learn another technique and learn another technique. And it's like, just, <laughs> just get down to the core, you know, get down to the core of it all. The techniques are a product of, of, of causes, right? Like, yeah. I think a lot of, and you know, I think there's a lot of like amazing teachers out there, but I think some teachers and, and they teach effect acting, like just like some directing schools, uh, uh, 
film schools teach like direct, they teach like effect directing, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like so backwards, but like, it, you know, um, like for example, I'll relate this to film school. If film school tries to get you to, to, to do things the way it envisions it or the way things have been envisioned, it's doing it backwards. What you need to do is you actually need to go into the filmmaker and, and extract their vision and help them extract their own vision, applying principles of film with their vision in mind, not the other way around. Like, because the thing is, is it's just like acting, like someone watches some Oscar performance and they go, Oh, they did this, you know, so I'm going to teach them how to do that. Yeah. And then they, you know, and hopefully, you know, there's not too many of these schools around as much, but I, I've seen people do it and maybe they didn't even realize they were doing it. Mm-hmm. They're teaching like an effect, right? As opposed to like, that was what some other person did and it worked, but you, you teach it and it kind of looks like it works, but it's inauthentic. I'm trying to think of it a, a, a good example, but it's like when an actor has an idea of what they think should happen. So they go and they do that. That's an effect. Well, it's right? like, it's like someone tells you a good joke and there's someone explaining the joke. Right. Right. Like explaining the joke is not funny. Yeah. Like, yeah, it might be, yeah, there you go. It might be completely true as to, you know, you break it down as to why the joke (laughs) was funny. It's like, Oh, okay. I see how it like did this. See, you're good at analogies. Yeah. (laughs) It's been hanging around you so much. Um, but like, you know, you just like, it is, it's like explaining a joke. It's like, yeah, you know what? it might be completely right, you know, and, and you dissect something down and you see why it was kind of funny, like on a psychological level. And you're like, yeah, okay. That went counter to what I expected there. And this is kind of funny because it's blah, 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 blah. But that's not what makes a joke. Right. Right. Like, telling the jo- the joke. like telling the joke and there's so like, there's more to it. It's not why the joke is funny that it's funny. It's because the joke is funny. Well, and let <laughs> right? me take this analogy further. Also, not just telling the joke, but telling a joke that is original, that's authentic, not, not telling something that's already been told a bunch of times over. Cause yeah. how many times you watch like some of these really shitty daytime television shows <laughs> and they're like the same thing you've seen before. It's yeah. a cliche. It's like, or really they, bad rom-com yeah. or they, uh, they do all the right things, but it's already been done so many times before. Like not, not just like, like, you know, they say there's a saying in film, they say a 15 year old, you know, today is a 15 year old, like tomorrow or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like they're always, there's always going to be 15 year olds watching movies and everything they watch is always new to them because they don't have any film history. So they don't know. Right. But there's stuff that's like copied over and over so much that like even a 15 year old has seen it before. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and, and then it's just like, it's, it has no effect. It's like, it kind of gets you by it, like bridges the scene or bridges the story, but it's like, you've already seen it. It's like when someone's telling a joke, you've heard a bunch of times before. It's like, okay, yeah, it was funny the first few times, but now it's like, you know, yeah, it's not as funny every other time, right? Yeah. The first time's funnier than all the others. Yeah. Yeah. Completely. Unless you forgot it and they, and they, they tell it again and you're like, oh yeah, I forgot that one. It was a good one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or like a really funny old movie where you forgot all of like all the jokes or something like that, or some of the, some of the, the gags or whatever. But you know, it's and and comedy, we've gotten into that and other podcasts and stuff too, where it's like, that's something where it's like, you know, comedy ages, comedy moves, but this is maybe getting a little bit sidetracked on it, but you know, yeah, the analogy of, of the joke 
kind of works because we were talking about like all of these, these things, because yeah, it's like we, it's, it's comforting to us that somebody says like, okay, you want to be like more consistent. Well, like start doing this in your, in your work and doing this. And it's just like, well, no, that's all just like, again, that's not even necessarily all necessary. Like it's, sometimes it just creates more things that you're thinking about and more things that you're worrying about. And it's actually taking you away from the things that will make you more consistent, which is, again, it's resolved on, on a more deeper fundamental level. At least this is my theory on all of it. And learning to trust yourself is a huge part of that. And there's not necessarily, um, a single answer to how do you just trust yourself? I mean, that's an individual thing that you have to go like go through. It's like, well, when did you <clears throat> stop trusting yourself? When did that doubt start to enter into your mind? Mm-hmm. You know, that you can't do this, that, you know, it has to be a certain way in order for it to be good or in order for it to be right, mm-hmm. you know, and, and in order for it to be uh, a quality work. Mm-hmm. Right. I think that that's, um, and, and that goes, goes back, that goes into something a lot more, you know, a lot deeper and a lot more personal. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think also like it's, it's, it all comes kind of back down to principles too. Like there's certain things like, you know, in auditions, they'll say like to actors, like don't ask for a chair, just grab the chair or, you know, or whatever, or say, I need a chair, mm-hmm. you know, like, like let them know what you need being a, you know, and, and the whole thing, the whole discussion about a chair, right? Yeah. You've been there. Every yeah, actor there. pretty much has been around the chair. Oh, there's talk. no chair in there. Should I, oh, I don't want to bother yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> what, what's the principle behind this whole thing? It, it has nothing to do with the chair. The principle is you need to come in and have the confidence and, and, and communicate the confidence that you have a plan and that you know what you're doing and that you're somewhat of an authority on, at least on your version of the scene that you're, you know, and I think, um, when it comes to ask, well, they're like, well, when do I ask for something? And when do I just do it? Like, and you know, you have other actors who will go and they'll like grab the reader or do something. And it's like, well, that's not something you get to just do. That's something you actually ask for permission for. But <clears throat> it's, it's kind of, people call it common sense, but it's not necessarily so common. The thing is, is people are missing the principle. Um, like my friend Megan would say, don't hurt yourself. Don't hurt anybody else. And don't break my shit. Yeah. Right. That's really it. When you're in auditioning, those are the three rules you got to follow. Don't break anything. Don't break their walls. Don't break their stuff. Yeah. Don't hurt anybody in the room and don't hurt yourself in the room because now you're a liability. Right. But if you can do the scene, which is imaginary, yeah. <laughs> right? And put everything you need in place, you know, without like disrupting their day or whatever. And, 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 and like, it's the principle, it's the whole idea of like, you know, making sure that you, I like this. I like those three rules. Don't hurt yourself. Don't hurt anybody else. And don't break my shit. You know, if you follow those three rules as an actor, you have everything is your freedom beyond that point. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. And that is, that's absolutely like, that's, um, one of the things that kind of makes you a professional. Yeah. Essentially like that's, that's like the, the, like the three things that you, that need to be in the back of your head, like while you're completely immersed in the moment, but you're just like, okay, I'm going to make sure that even like, if this gets insane and crazy, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm not going to hurt myself. I'm not going to 
you know break anything break anything and you right? know obviously like shit sometimes happens you know sometimes yeah. you're doing a fight scene and someone ends up kind of getting knocked or you guys fall on a table or, or something and it gets broken I mean it's it's going to happen and when you're on set you know they, they have stunt coordinators and all sorts of people to, you yeah. know when you're in an audition room you don't have all those people looking out for it so you got to be a little bit more mindful and they try to keep auditions as simple as possible for a reason because if they let them get too crazy if they let everybody get yeah. crazy I mean like for for an, for an actor or somebody who has like a level head on their shoulders they're like yeah like how crazy could it really get you haven't seen crazy yet. You don't know what sometimes comes in that room. Like, and, it, and, and, um, there are people out there that are not so like they're, they're, they, they, they got a screw loose and you let them into this room into a small little room. Yeah. And the, you know, I remember one time directing and we had an actor, uh, we had uh, a reader and you know, and the actor was about to come and grab her and kiss her. And I, and I, as a director, I, I said, don't touch the reader. I just stopped because I could see it coming. And like, and he was like right in there, like to grab her. Like, and it was, it was, you know, and she was uncomfortable. Everyone in the room was uncomfortable. And I just took charge and I said, don't, but like the, the, the sense to not know, first of all, maybe he could do that. Maybe he could grab her or whatever, but he needs to talk to her about it. It needs to be, you know what I mean? And there's a sense, right? And so you're not always going to have someone that's kind of paying attention to the room, but the worst thing could happen is you're a brand new director or you're, you, you don't know how to take charge of the room or whatever. And then you're running this audition or your new cast director or whatever. And someone goes and hurts your reader, right? Yeah. Like you don't like, what are you going to do now? Or you're in the studio. I had this happen once we had an actor, he slammed his fist against the wall and he broke right through the studio wall right now we rented the room and, and afterwards we were like, you know, we, we told them, we're like, yeah, we had an actor come in and they were really like, we kind of worked it out, but it's like, we don't want that happening. You know what I mean? Like, I don't care how into the scene you are. Like, we're going to have to pay for that shit later. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? So there's kind of a, like, there's a, get into the scene, but like have some, you know, once I figure yeah. you have those three rules, you're pretty much fine. And when, when I say don't hurt anybody else, I'm thinking like, don't infringe on anyone else's rights or, or like whatever, unless they've given you permission. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like I might say to the writer or, or the reader, like, um, do you mind slapping this paper out of my hand or, 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 you know, or whatever you might, but you, yeah. you, you make it kind of clear and then everybody's on the, on the level. It's all good. Everyone feels safe. Right. Yeah. Cause you don't, you don't want to take something and like start making people feel unsafe. Yeah. yeah. No, that's, that's one of the consummate things like in, in being a professional as an actor, at least, because, you know, if, if you have two really great actors who are committed to, you know, the moment and really going moment to moment with each other, you know, there's, uh, an acknowledgement and acceptance that it's like, okay, some shit's going to happen. Right. But, you know, we have some sort of an idea of, it's like, you know, like, Hey, like I'm thinking of, at least taking something in. I remember doing that with, um, uh, a scene partner of mine. Uh, we had been doing this, doing this scene a number of times and we, we actually hadn't had an opportunity to rehearse, uh, before we put this scene up, like for, for the week, like we had, we were a few weeks into it and we hadn't hadn't had the opportunity. So we came in like the night 
of that we're putting it up in front of the class and everything. And we said, and we just had a little chat beforehand. And I, and I remember saying to her because like the nature of the scene, um, it was from Danny in the deep blue sea, actually. Uh, if anyone's familiar with that fantastic play by yeah. John Patrick Shanley. Yeah. Um, and you know, you're in close quarters and there's moments where it gets violent and there are moments that are very intimate all within the very same, same frame. And I remember saying to her, because we hadn't really done this in rehearsal or in any of our performances up to that point, And I just said, look, is it all right if like, I like, you know, touch your body, like, not like I won't like be groping you, but like, if I touch your body, is it all right if I like, if I like kiss you like Mm -hmm. in, in moments of the scene? And she was like, yeah, completely. And it was totally fine. Right. And she said, had a few things to me. She's like, she's like, oh, I was thinking, I'm I'm like, yeah, no, that's perfectly fine. Like you can hit me. Right. Like you can slap me. Like I trust that you will do it at a level that's like, you know, you're not going to like really (laughs) smash me. Right. (laughs) And, uh, it was like, okay, okay. All right. And we put it up and actually the scene was like probably the best that we'd ever done it right that night because, and I think it was also to, because that certain level of we didn't have some sort of like a plan as to how we were going to do it. Right. Right. We're like, we spent a whole week yeah. where we were like, we like didn't, I'm going to grab you here. This... You're going to slap me there. Yeah. This is when we kiss. Yeah. Like, and it that, was that... just like, it was yeah. just like, it, it kind of just happened when it happened. Right. You know, and, and it was terrific. And I even remember the, the teacher of that particular class. He was just like, he was just like, wow, that was so great. And it's because it was so moment to moment. We just trusted. And I, 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 it's funny. I'm just only understanding this now because that was one of those sort of times for me as an actor where I, I felt like I was so wildly inconsistent Mm -hmm. and it's like, why did, why was I shit this night? Why, (laughs) why was I good this one? Right? Like I just couldn't figure it out. And, um, it was absolutely, it was absolutely, I had just went into it. Like I just thrown caution to the wind while still being a professional about all of this with my partner, both of us to each other. And we just kind of threw it to the wind and we let it go Mm -hmm. moment to moment to moment. And it was quality work, Mm -hmm. you know, and it, it really speaks to trusting and letting go of trying to control Mm -hmm. everything that's happening. You can't control everything that's happening. You know, I heard a saying like, well, everybody knows like life is not fair. I mean, it's not, it's not fair when you, when you look at everybody across the board, right? Some people got dealt a better hand or whatever in the scheme of things. But I I heard a saying the other day, which was that, um, nothing is more fair than chaos because you don't control anything. And that is really like, like, I think that's kind of the, that's really it. Like once you start realizing that so much is chaos and that we're not in control, like what, what do, what do I control? I mean, I control, um, pretty much like what I say, maybe a little bit of how I feel, you know, what I want to think, how I want to go about the world. I control mostly things that have to do with me, but anything you do or anything anyone else does on the other end of this podcast or anything that obviously happens outside of the studio, I don't control that. So like when we have someone moving a dumpster and when you do, you're just trying to manipulate somebody. 
Yeah. And so we have yeah. someone in this podcast, you know, they're, they're, they moved a dumpster down our back alley, which is the one way to get noise into this place, you know, yeah. <laughs> be on the roof. But basically it's like, well, man, like we're doing this podcast and I don't want any noise disruptions, but I look and I go, well, it is what it is. What am I going to do? I mean, like I'm going to try and pretend like it's not there or whatever it's there. Yeah. Okay. So let's move forward and let's deal with it. You know, what's the backlash? Well, you know, people on the other end go, well, you know, the podcast isn't as professional as blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, um, at this point we're getting the podcast done and, um, that's the most important thing to me. You know, we, there's probably ways in which we could have tried to find a studio that was more, um, soundproofed and whatever, and, and figured out certain things like that. But at the end of the day, sometimes you just like life is just, there's a chaos to it and it just is what it is. And, and there's, you know, it's all relative. Like, like if something, if you're in the perfect sound studio, something else can go wrong with that. You know, Mm -hmm. it's just like, um, and you just got to kind of deal with it and you got to move forward. And I think yeah. consistency is about not getting thrown off by your environment around you, mm-hmm. you know, cause every, so much of it is chaos, right? Yeah. And it's kind of just going, nope. Okay. We're doing this right now. Yeah. This is happening outside here, but this is what we're doing. And the consistency is, well, we're just, we're going to stick to the course right here. Yeah. Yeah. And, and trust what's happening and go and yeah, accept what is actually happening yeah. and, um, and using that as, as your fuel, right. As opposed to trying to make it, cause that's way more work. That's the other thing too, that I learned through Meisters. Like it's way more work to try and make something what it isn't. Right. <laughs> it is right. Like you're just like, use, use what's there and learn how to use what's there and being present to it and taking it in, you know, on a visceral level. And it's way easier than being like, Oh, acknowledging it. And, uh, that wasn't part of the plan. Um, okay. How do, and you're like, you've already just checked out like, cause you're already in that, that headspace now and you've checked out <clears throat> and you've, and you've got to, you know, and that happens, but like checking back in is just means like getting back into the moment and, and right. bringing your presence back. But yeah, I, I, there's another, um, great theater story of Alec Baldwin doing, I don't remember what play it was, but he was in the scene. He like, he's supposed to storm out, like storm out of this house or whatever. And for whatever reason, the door was stuck that he was supposed <laughs> to. And he was like at this door, like, like trying to open it up and he couldn't get out. And he ended up like stepping aside through like one of like the, like the wings through the curtains right. In order. So, cause he had to get out of the scene for it to move forward. Right. Right. But he decided to do this. And, um, I mean, I guess apparently like the next time he came back into the scene, he like just came like smashing through the door. Right. And apparently the whole audience just like applauded the <laughs> him coming through. But, uh, after this performance, he, uh, he had said in some sort of like a, an interview or whatever he had said, and he's like, you know, if I was, if I had really been staying with it, I would have burst through that door on the way out mm. instead of stepping. He's like, he would have just like slammed that, that fricking door open. Mm. Right. Because like for him, it was, he was like, Oh, like the truthful thing would, he's like, because he, it was for him a betrayal, what he ended up doing. Right. You know, he broke the truth of, 
uh, the truth of the illusion of what they were creating. Right. But it was just, you don't know what's going to happen. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and from a guy who's a fantastic actor, I love Alec Baldwin, you know, so I'll listen to what he's got to say (laughs) (laughs) about the subject. And, and I agree with him. It's just like, yeah, you just like force that thing open that like that thing was presented there and, and I'm sure he saw it. And I'm like, that was an opportunity that I missed because mm-hmm. you don't know. Sometimes this shit happens. Well, you know, <laughs> I think also like, you know, if you, if you accept that the world is chaotic and an example like that is that's chaos at its best, you're supposed to go through a door and the door doesn't open right? That's, that's the world in chaos. This is how the world works. But so if you accept that the world is chaos, then instead of trying to control everything and make everything perfect all the time, the, the, actually the better way to go about life is to start being open to anything being possible. So like, you know, preemptively thinking like, well, okay, where do I stand on this? What do I do if this happens? What do I do if this happens? And really like, like putting yourself into these almost troubled situations and, and pre-planning, like, you know, like obviously you're not going to pre-plan for like kicking through a door, but like every life experience we have kind of prepares us for the future, but we don't Mm -hmm. always use it. Like chaos is kind of this funny thing where there's, um, what we, there's what we don't know that's chaotic and there's what we do know that's chaotic. And the only thing that we have any form of control over is what we do know that's chaotic. I mean, we don't really have control, but we have kind of at least a stance on it. An awareness of it. Right. Yeah. My dad used to say when I was younger, he said, and and this wasn't his saying, but he used to say this to me all the time. He said, um, if you know what you know, or no, if you don't know what you don't know, you're out of control. If you know what you don't know, you're in control. You need to know what you don't know most of our education is based on, we need to know, and we don't know what we don't know. And so we're totally out of control. The thing is, is that the, the person who's actually the most intelligent, we had a talk about this on a really early podcast. I don't remember which one, but if you think about it, the moment we know so little, I mean, we know so little, Mm -hmm. like there's no one in the world who knows everything, right? So we know so little, we know such a fraction about everything that's going on. But if we know that we only know a little bit and we don't know all of this other stuff, it actually gives us a way better way of navigating the world. But if we hang on to what we know and we go, no, I know this, I know that, I know it. Who cares what you know? What you know is so small. What you don't know is so like infinitely like massive. So when you start to, when you, when you start to take on that model, you start to realize like, Hey, I just don't know. I don't know about all this stuff. And, and knowing that you don't know gives you uh, an ability to start to make decisions based on going into the unknown. Yeah. Right. And not, and, and not needing to be right about everything. Well, you're not going to be. Yeah. You know? And the thing is, is like you go, um, you know, I was actually having another conversation with my dad, uh, yesterday about this whole thing. And we're, we were just discussing, you know, we're discussing the challenges of showing up in your own life, you know, showing up for yourself and whatever. And, uh, you know, and he pointed out, he said, you know, today he's like, I'm going to do my best because that's what I got. He's like, and I, and he was talking about, I went out and he ran and he ran for X time or with weights or whatever. And he said, that was the best that I could do today. 
but he's like, I went out and I did my best. I didn't really know what that was. And I think that's the thing is like, we don't always know what our best is, but you go out and you try to do your best and don't look back and say, I should have done better in the moment. You didn't know what your best was. So you did what you did and that was your best. And then you can come back and you can look at how you might do better the next time, but you couldn't do better than that at that time. If you were really genuinely doing your best and it's all an inner honesty thing at the end of the day, it's just like, do I know I gave what I could give? You know, do I know that I put yeah. in the effort that I could put in and don't like, look at it like, Oh, I could have put in more effort. I think whatever effort you put in was the effort you could put in. So if you go, well, I could have put in 10% more effort. No, you couldn't. You could only put in what you put in. Cause that's all you put in. Yeah. You actually like psychologically couldn't do it. So, so even if you physically believe you could, like you think, Oh, I yeah. could do this. And this is when I'm, I want to get to this thing about consistency because consistency is not about being in a delusional world of pretending you can do better than you actually can. Consistency is going and going, I did the best I could, whatever that looked like. Yeah. And I did that and I continually do that. And if you keep feeling like you're not showing up at your best, then just, you know, start showing up better. But yeah. the thing is, is the very act of doing that is the consistency, right? Yeah. And I think the thing is, is, yeah, sometimes you don't know that you could do better until, until you've gone through something. Right. And I had a experience with that pretty recently, actually, where I had, I, I'd, I'd gone and, and, and done something and I, I pushed myself, you know, like I was just like, okay, like I'm, I'm, I'm pushing myself. And then by the end of it, I was like, Oh, you know what? I could have actually, I could have actually gone deeper with that. I didn't realize it, but I could have. Right. Right. And, and I'm like, Oh, okay, that's good. But at the, at the time, you know, yes. like I was just like, I was, I was doing what I thought I was capable of. Right. Right. And, um, and that's a great thing to, to come up against, to realize that you're capable of more than you thought you were. Right. That's a fantastic thing to, to have a realization around. And, um, but not, a, not acting like, the person you are now was the person you were because no. you've changed. Yeah, exactly. You've changed. You've learned something. You're like, Oh yeah, I could have, I could have actually gone, gone further with that. And it's not, and it's interesting because everything that you were saying, um, I've heard the definition of compassion said the exact same way. Oh, interesting. Yeah. It's like that. The definition of compassion is, um, Oh, it's basically, a compassion is the recognition that we are each doing the best that we can within our current beliefs and capacities. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, I guess, is really what we're kind of getting at is there's a certain kind of compassion that's necessary because I think when we beat ourselves up about not doing something, there's like this lack of compassion. Yes. I think about when I do it, like, and I think I shared this on a previous podcast, but I was talking about how you know, I was beating myself up in the shower, but it's like <laughs> about something I did in the past. Sorry. Like, there's a, there's a joke there somewhere, no, but not beating, not beating <laughs> off in the shower, <laughs> beating myself Self up, up in, the in the shower. That sounds really bad yeah. actually. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, I, hope yo, everyone, I hope everyone enjoyed that as much as continue. we did. Yeah. <laughs> this beer is good. <laughs> um, no. So, uh, you know, so it's, just, you know, basically braiding myself for, you know, something I did in the past that was like, maybe not, I, not as ideal as I would 
like today, but I have this recognition is like, you were not the person you are today when you were in that moment before, when you're in that moment before that was the best you could do. And so like beating yourself up today as though you're this person in that moment, it's not the same. It's totally like in in different worlds. Right. Yeah. And so I think with, um, with consistency, we have to look at what we can control and what we don't control. And I think it's about understanding the chaos. And when, uh, you know, the question really, the topic was staying consistent. I think staying consistent comes down to like staying consistent, um, internally, you know, for you, um, mm. and, and, and what you can do that's consistent, yeah. but the environment and the, and people and everything around you is going to change. Yeah. And that's something that you don't get to control. You just get to respond to. I also want to bring something else into this fold <laughs> of All this right. conversation. Cause it just dawned on me. I'm like the past has a big de- has a big mm. contributor to all of this, this whole thing of, of trust and compassion and where we're at. Um, because the ego loves to use the past against us. Um, sure does. the ego, because, well, because how else would you say like, Oh, I'm so inconsistent, whatever. Well, you're basing that off of your past experience of how you've done, you know, it's like, Oh, well, I've always been this way. It's like, well, you know, that's a story that you can tell yourself. You can tell yourself a different story in that regard, you know? And, and I think that that's where also what we're talking about here with, with, um, having that element of compassion and saying like, well, no, that was, that was what I was capable of then that I was, that was as much as I, I could do, you know, within my current beliefs and capacities, that's what I could do. Mm-hmm. But from now that doesn't like, that doesn't have to continue to occupy space in your mind. You know, like you're, you have that next thing that you're working on. Right. And this whole thing of like, well, I'm inconsistent. Well, that's a past thing that you're bringing into the now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that if you can acknowledge, it's like, okay, that's what I could do then, but now I can trust myself now. If I can trust myself just a little bit more today in this moment to do this thing, then I think you're at, you're one step closer to that sort of consistency that you were looking for. Mm. Yeah. You know, it's, you're right. I mean, the past is a sneaky little bitch. (laughs) (laughs) It really is. Cause it's, uh, you know, it's constantly, it's constantly like there and it's not accurate. Like the way we remember who we were and what we did is just not accurate. It's, uh, it's constantly, um, it's, it's, it's constantly like this. We have a different relationship to it. You know, I mean, it's something that upset you when you were younger in, in a big way today might be something you laugh at. I mean, the, the past is we have a whole relationship. With mm-hmm. it. It's like an entirely different thing than us. Yeah. Yet we, we make it us. And, uh, I think, um, and I we think make it, it define us. Yeah. We make it define yeah. us and then we make it define our future. And, you know, you really can, um, begin your life again from this moment. And, um, I think, uh, consistency, I, we haven't really gotten into this and this is the last topic I want to talk about with consistency. I don't know if you have anything else to add, but one thing about consistency too is, is the practical part of showing up 
and doing it over and over and over again. I've shared this before. I mean, I've just hit 1,560 days in a row of writing every single day for half an hour a day, no matter what. And I've done that every single day. That's consistent, right? I always write for half an hour every day for over four years. And you and I, um, we've hit, we've hit just about every single Sunday and every single Wednesday, pretty much for this entire year, we show up, we do a podcast. And I think that, you know, we've talked a lot about the emotional, psychological thought element of consistency, but part of consistency is, is simply committing and doing the same thing no matter Mm -hmm. what. And you were talking about on the podcast, how sometimes, you know, one of us might show up and we might be personally struggling with, I don't know if I have anything to say. I don't know if I know anything about this topic. You know, I, I don't know if I'm feeling up to it or if I can bring what I need to bring, but yet we always do the podcast. We don't, we don't ever cop out. And part of the thing is, is like, I think at the end of the day, once we start rolling, um, you know, we, we basically just decide, okay, well, we're going to bring what we're going to bring. We're going to have a discussion and things are going to happen. And they tend to seem to work out. Yeah. Uh, at least I'm, you know, and we're experiencing it. And way. very often you end up surprising yourself. Yeah. Or you're just surprised in general. Like, Oh wow. I had no idea that was going to happen. I had no idea that it was going to get into that. Cause sometimes in those, on those days where I've come in, I'm like, I don't know. Like, uh, <laughs> you know, you, you come in with that, with that general energy. <laughs> yeah. And by the end of it, I'm just like, I feel just fired up and pumped. Yeah. Like it's just like, boom, like that. And it's, and it's completely comes down to an openness and that trust and, and being there. And it's like, and allowing something to happen and you allow something to happen. And it just like, and it can change absolutely everything mm-hmm. and turn it all right around. Right. So I think there's a, the, the consistency is, you know, show up to your commitments or your thing and don't make excuses, just show up and do them. If you say you're going to do something, yeah. and especially if you're going to say you're going to do it over and over, just do it over and over and commit and set specific clear times. And I think that's part of consistency. Mm -hmm. I think that builds a certain internal word, a certain internal strength that's important. But I also think the other side of consistency is when you're showing up to these things you've committed to is bring what you got and trust that what you got is enough and don't put expectations on it and make it need to be any more than it is or any different than it is. It is what it is. I do think that it's important to learn, uh, state control, you know, learn how to, you know, get yourself in a mental state. You know, when you need to start a scene, sometimes your character needs to be in a certain mental state to start the scene, your moment before, Mm -hmm. um, when you're going to do a presentation or a sales pitch, or you're about to do a podcast to some degree, you've got to get yourself like connected. You can't, well, you could, but you know, you're, you're being selfish if you make it all about how you feel, mm-hmm. you know, s- s- there's a certain part of this, which is like, you know, just like today, like before we started, you know, I was feeling a little bit kind of, you know, whatever, but I was like, okay, well, you know, I'm feeling that way. It's fine. That's, that's where I'm at. But I was like, but we need to, we need to honor this. We need to honor this topic. And, and, and hopefully if there's anybody here listening that we can help benefit them in some way. And this isn't just about me and how I feel. Mm -hmm. And so I think like part of consistency is not being selfish. It's not being all indulgent in how you feel. It's about going, yeah, I feel this way. Okay. Now I know that I feel this way. What do I want to do with that? Cause then it becomes about application and action and, and, you know, intent and whatever. Yeah. Right. But I think, um, you know, 
part of consistency is showing up and also honoring where you're at every time you show up. But, but not only just showing up and honoring where you're at, but directing yourself towards where you believe you want to go. And I think those are the things you can control and everything outside of that you influence, but you don't control and you got to yeah. understand that that's chaos and you just have to deal with it as it is. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah, I love all these points. That's kind of really my wrap up. Too. Yeah. I mean, I don't really, yeah, no, it, that felt like a wrap up. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'll just, I'll just piggyback right off of that. Um, yeah, I, I think that for me, it's like, I, I realized that trust really is the big thing. I think at this point in time, in, in consistency. Um, and, and being able to, like you said, admit where you're at. Um, and also with the past admitting where you were and being, and having compassion for that, you know, like being able to say, it's like, that was, I did the best I could to what my limits were at that point in time. That was the best that I had. And when you can have compassion for that, you can release yourself from that past And I think then that opens up a window for a level of trust in yourself right now, which I think is so key to consistency, not just in quality, but also in like the practical, like daily work that you might need to do that you, you avoid Hmm. by, because I think if you can trust yourself, trusting yourself helps to get you through those days when you don't feel so good you know, it just, it can, it can be like this, this fire that's just kind of like a little bit deeper than whatever doubts are going on in you and just be like, you know what, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do it. I'm just gonna do it because I trust that it's going to happen. And I mean, and I've, and I've learned that through that podcast and I'm just, I'm today, I'm just kind of discovering that I've been learning that through this, doing this podcast that's just like, you know, just trust that this is going to that this is going to come out because they have, yeah, (laughs) they always have. Um, despite whatever is going on in my energy and in my mind and, and all of that, they always do. If I show up, I can learn to trust that it's going to be what it needs to be. And, and I'm going to grow and I'm going to open things up and, and I'm going to discover that I'm more capable than I thought. And it, and it has, nothing to do with anything that I'm trying to put on with anything. It has, it just has to do with my ability to show up Mm. and, and trust and be here. And that's consistency. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to leave it. (laughs) Thank you. Let's call it there, Evan. All right. You did a nice little wrap up. I liked it. Oh, you did too, brother. You did too. Oh, that was sweet. That was our show for today. Thanks a lot for listening and being a part of this. If you enjoyed our conversation, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. Or you can learn more and message us at www.thebndpodcast.com. Oh, and make sure to leave a comment and rate us on iTunes. That will really help us out a lot. It definitely will. Thanks. Thanks.